0: Welcome to the DEI Uncorked podcast, where we will look inside the bottle and inside WIPO at its diversity, equity and inclusion. We are going to get curious, ask questions and learn from each other. So let's get started. Hello, I am Nisa Anderson. I'm the sales administrator in California. And today I'm here with our co-host, Brian Cole. Hey, Brian, how you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Nisa?
0: I'm great today.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Brian Cole. I'm the director of Fleet Services. I'm based out in Illinois. On today's Uncorked podcast, uh, we wanted to feature one of our Black-owned winery partners to help celebrate Black History Month this month in February. We're joined here today with Deneen and Stephanie from Brown Estate Winery in the Napa Valley, here to share a little story with us. Hello, Deneen and Stephanie, how are you both doing?
2: Hello Brian, hello Nisa. Thank you for having us. My name is Deneen Brown and I am the co-founder and president of Brown Estate along with my siblings, Coral and David who head up our farming and winemaking operation. I am happy to be here.
3: And I'm Stephanie Kelly, general manager. I work with Deneen on the business side and I've known the family since before they started making wine, so I feel very fortunate to have been on this amazing journey with them from the beginning. And I just want to quickly commend you all at Winebow for the work you're doing internally through your DEI programming. It's really important from a company culture perspective, and it makes our partnership with you that much more meaningful. And I also have to mention, you all are doing an amazing job of selling wine for us. So thank you very much for (laughs) that as well.
0: Uh. Well, thank you so much. We're really glad you're uh, here with us today and I appreciate the uh, feedback on our DEI DEI initiative. It's good to hear. Um, And I believe that we sell your wine or distribute your wine in California, Minnesota and uh, some of the Eastern Seaboard, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Excellent. So there are a few states. Maybe we can get in some more. (laughs)
3: There are talks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Can you give us a little or a quick synopsis of the history of the brown brand in the Napa Valley?
2: Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, Before I jump into that, though, just a really quick shout out to our sales team, Eric, Gina and Sam doing an amazing job as well. Perfect, they are great, they're a great team. Yes, we're very proud of them. So our story starts with my parents, Bassett and Marcella Brown, who in 1980 purchased an abandoned ranch in the Eastern Hills of the Napa Valley. And they took on the daunting task of rehabilitating, laying down the groundwork and establishing a vibrant and successful vineyard operation. And they farmed, we joined them a few years down the road and we established relationships with um, not only our neighboring farmers, but also with winemakers and winery owners in the Valley um to whom we sold fruit and those relationships blossomed over the years and we um our relationships that continue to sustain us today and we found the Napa Valley community to be very welcoming and supportive of um everything that we were doing and As my brother and sister and I eventually took over the farming from my parents altogether, naturally we started to dream and imagine of making wine under our own label. And during that process, it was not lost on us that there really were no other people who looked like us, no other black people in our neck of the woods on this side of the business. And at the same time for me personally, as I was out and about in the world of wine um, as a consumer, learning, going to tastings um, and finding the same thing that I was often the only black person, the only person of color and not always feeling welcomed. And some of those experiences just were deeply motivating and at that time two things came together for me in that early stage of our business one we really wanted to embrace the consumer wherever they were on their wine journey and number two we really realized that if we were going to go through with this and really do this build this business that we needed to not only make wine, we needed to make excellent wine. And we needed to build a business that was solid, that was sustainable, and that could hold its own in this world-class wine region. And as my mom would say, it's more than a notion. And here we are, Back then we had two jobs, right? Farming and making wine. And today we have four jobs, farming, making wine, selling wine and hospitality. And it's that hospitality piece that's really brought it all full circle for us. It's where we get to see our customers make sure that they are received into our hospitality space in a way that gives them a sense of belonging that they feel welcomed and comfortable to embrace this beverage wine which is endlessly stimulating intellectually rigorous and mysterious it's what makes wine the most intriguing beverage in the world And that is something now, here we are 27 years later and we have um, carried that into establishing our second label, House of Brown, which feels a little bit like a startup at this stage of the game for us, 27 years in. And now we feel like we have five jobs. (laughs) So. (laughs) well
1: i appreciate the background on the brown estate history i feel like the work never ends it almost seems like and you know 27 years later the jobs keep adding and adding you said started out with two and now it's now it's up to five
3: yeah absolutely thanks to Winebow for helping us do job number
2: five (laughs) i know we couldn't do it without you guys we we got your back (laughs) we appreciate it
1: so, so how much would you say has uh, re- remained constant since day one in, in the tradition and everything that you started and grown in, in growing that business?
2: Well, definitely the, the farming and the winemaking are what ground us. You know, when you're a farmer, any kind of farmer, it just there's a humbling factor that kicks in because you're in business with Mother Nature and you are always subordinate to her and her mm-hmm. whims. Um, but it also creates a level of fraternity where, you know, if it rains on us, it's raining on the neighbors. And if my tractor's broken, you lend me yours and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I would say the farming is very grounding. Um, our property is CCOF, so we're proud of, of, you know, being responsible stewards of the land and farming organically. And... Um, And, of course, making, you know, pure and balanced wines um, is our goal. And that kind of is what anchors everything that we do. Um, Because without that, you know, we don't have anything to sell. And um, that kind of keeps us focused.
1: Of course. yeah. And the tough thing about farming is you're you're at the mercy of the weather, of course. And there could be good seasons and bad seasons.
2: Absolutely,
3: absolutely. And rec- you know, more recently also the wildfires, of course, um, which have been
2: a real wild card. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yes. But I it's just make- a learning experience. We learn so much. I, my brother David always says, you know, you learn something this year that may not apply next year, but it may apply in year six, you know? So it's really learning, cataloging, and um, and also, Again, my brother would say listening. That's a big part of farming is listening.
1: Excellent, thank you very much, Danine. My next question for you, Stephanie, uh, if you could talk to us a little bit about diversity in the wine industry as you see it.
3: Yes, um, you know, from our perspective, the um, the wine industry in the United States is a lot more diverse today than it was when we started. And that really says a lot about what it looked like when we started. Um, but what's often overlooked is that diversity among wine consumers has always been way ahead of the industry itself. And that's something that's been a pillar at Brown is that our customer base has never not been diverse. And that is very much an outgrowth of the fact that we for 25 years have been rooted in, you know, the DTC side of things. And there we have very close contact and relationships with our customers so that, you know, being a black owned business is a known cornerstone of our brand culture. Now, when you move to the wholesale side, you know our customers technically are buyers and wine professionals and in that realm we guide our sales team to you know try to read the room in terms of presenting the brown bio um, and when in doubt to foreground the virtues of the wines themselves because we know that you know some buyers may need a uh, persuasive sip before they can warm up to the relevance of who you know makes the wines. Um, the you know the wine industry is by its nature um, judgy, and we have opted uh, to be judged on the basis of uh, our product. And I think you know when it comes to um, telling the brand story of Brown, it's really not that different than telling the background story of any producer as far as positioning the family history. Um, which of course is the romantic part of selling wine. You know, it can get a little, it can feel a little sort of tricky, you know, because there is this other human interest factor, Um, but, you know, we like to try to demystify that, you know, being Black-owned is a fact It's in the bio of Brown. And, um, you know, making good juice is is our craft. And um, I also, you know, want to add that we, never want to assume that a buyer is looking to demonstrate allyship or check a DEI box. So, you know, our hope, though, is that they're, you know, looking for good juice with a good story. Um, And of course, our House of Brown package has a built-in icebreaker in this regard, because the labels are designed to signal from the shelf, you know, the come one, come all brand ethos, um, complete with the, the welcome message that's on the Screw cap head. Um, so, hopefully, that you know that's a, a tool for you all in the marketplace.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I the House of Brown labels are are super attractive, and they do they're very eye catching. So they do draw you in. Um, can you uh, can you share some thoughts on your recruiting practices in support of recent industry wide initiatives to diversify work workforces in the world of wine?
2: absolutely um this is something that I'm super passionate about. Um, I think naturally we have a little bit of an advantage being very diverse at the top of the business of course um but definitely I would say the number one thing that we have done because even though we're diverse at the top of the business we our business is located in the Napa Valley and the valley is just not a diverse place so um, one of the things we do is, look outside the box number 1 don't assume that you have to hire within the field even or the industry and so that's, the, that's something that we have done as we've hired people from outside of the industry outside of the region which really re- requires time and patience and also a financial investment to help people re- relocate to the area Spend the time to assist them in whatever housing search they may need to do and sticking by them through that process, really making sure they're partnered with someone who can just be there, not just as a mentor in the business, but as just sometimes emotional support just in making the transition to an industry that tends to be exclusive um, more than it is inclusive and The other thing i would say is take it one at a time really invest in getting one person in and seeing that person through as far as they can go because that person then will share with people they know they may most likely know people of diverse backgrounds as well so that's the approach that we take tapping our team for contacts, looking outside of the business, investing time and money and being patient and helping people really assimilate into this um, amazing world of wine.
3: I like that. Um, I'll also add on to that, that for us, you know, there's, it's really important for us to connect and bridge our brand culture, which is, you know, we we consider to be the perception of our brand externally and our company culture, which is, you know, what goes on internally. And to have, you know, to abide by the same tenets of, you know, um, really treating our employees, you know, with the same level of respect, regard, et cetera, that we do, you know, our customers. And I think that, you know, that's why, again, um, you know, kudos to you all for the work that you're doing here because, um, you know, creating a happy and healthy, you know, and at ease company culture is an important recruiting tool. When you, you know, it's like your passionate customers and wine club members are your best ambassadors for your brand and your happy employees are your best ambassadors for working at,
2: in our case, Brown, you know. Yes, that's a really good point, Stephanie. I I second that, and I think, you know, treating employees almost like customers, making sure they're happy, and um, really prioritizing happiness at work, it really makes a difference. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that other of you two uh, would uh, like to share with uh, with us which now is referred to as the world of wine uh just recently our ceo has named uh, named us uh, world of wine uh, and everybody having a seat at the table uh so is there anything else that you want to share with us on this podcast today
2: i think i would just love to say that you know wine is really like i said before it's an amazing beverage and um uh, we hear a lot of talk about the the new young consumer is, is not embracing wine as much as um, we would all like, but I have so much faith that the young consumer um, is going to just be excited by um, just how challenging wine is. It's something we shouldn't shy away of. I think it's It's just exciting. It can really draw you in if we can just present it in the right way. And again, as Stephanie has said, hats off to the Winebow team for doing such a great job of that. Um, We couldn't do it without you.
3: Definitely. I just, yeah, I'll just say again, you know, we really appreciate Winebow. We've had... um, a very long-running relationship, you know, that goes back to, as I mentioned the other day, Country Vintner back in the D.M.V. area, and um, it's been uh, an amazing, you know, trajectory to where we are now. Um, we've come a long way with Winebow, and um, we really appreciate you guys.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Stephanie and Dineen, you know we've really enjoyed the discussion and appreciate the two of you representing Brown Estate, uh, really as the first participants in our podcast series Outside of Winebow. Um, as we close the chapter on this third podcast, we've learned so much from our guest speakers and always enjoy hearing their stories. Uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to educate ourselves and others on all things DEI.
0: Remember Winebow, your voice matters. This is your platform for the world of wine, Who do you want to hear from or what topic would you like us to discuss next? Reach out to any of the DEI members and let us know. This is the DEI
1: Uncorked Podcast. Let's continue to look inside.